Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for connecting with us online. We are on part two of our series, Who's in Charge? What we have been addressing and are going to be looking at for the next four weeks in this series is how to deal with the emotions that we are experiencing. Emotions that are rising up in us and how we have learned to navigate them in the new reality of isolation. Now, COVID-19 has literally turned the world upside down. Last week, we looked at what happens to us when we are stirred. What comes out of us? Because what comes out of us is from our hearts. And often, if not worked on, not acknowledged, what comes out of our hearts is conflict. So in our lives, we have learned to masquerade conflict, haven't we? We hide it, we mask it, we push it deep inside and go on through our days without really dealing with our emotions. But the problem with this is that, is that when we do this, we don't reflect We don't take time to understand who we really are at the core. We just mask it. We have a hard time knowing our true self and in turn, knowing who God is. Now, if you missed the first installment of the series, which was last week, please don't hesitate to go to our website or on our church app and all the messages are there and you can catch up to what we are talking about. You can really get get back into the game by doing this. Now, really, this series is about knowing what to do with our emotions and to address the question of who is really in charge. Because when our world gets turned upside down, sometimes we do too. So last week, we read that Jesus said, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is within, out of the person's heart, that evil thoughts come. From within us. Jesus says, from within, from out of a person's heart, what comes out is what is already there. What has not been worked on, what has not been reflected on, what has not been healed. This comes from our heart. What Jesus was getting at is that what comes out of us can put us in conflict with God. Not because God can't handle our emotions, but rather what comes out of us often puts us in conflict with other people. And if we are in conflict with other people, we're in conflict with God because God loves people. So the best way to offend God is to offend people. And what we need to recognize is that the stirring up that happens in our life doesn't doesn't change what comes out of us. It's already there. The stirring reveals what's really inside. It's already there. The stirring doesn't put this in us. It's already there. But the stirring helps it all come out. Now, one of the books in the Bible was written by a guy who's considered to be one of the wisest kings of Israel, King Solomon, who says in one way, in one of his Proverbs, which is a short teaching, he says it this way. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. This series for us is to learn to know ourselves, to know how to guard our hearts because everything flows from our hearts. Everything flows from the core of who we are. Now, my grandpa Paul is an amazing person. So amazing, I was named after him. And let me tell you, it's a hard name to live up to. Grandpa Paul has seen more in life than anyone can even process. My grandpa has just just turned 99 years old this March. And COVID-19 is another part of his story that he's living through. To add to already a very full story, he's lived through Stalin's starvation of Ukraine, 
World War II, Cold War, planting churches under communist persecution, Bible smuggling, immigration, learning to live in a new country, death of his wife, and now COVID-19. He has seen it all. What is amazing about my grandpa is that he's a man of many talents. And I mean, he has to be, to live through all the things he has lived through. And one of his talents is that he can fix anything. And when I say that, I really mean it. He can fix anything from cars, electronics, appliances, houses, whatever needs to be fixed, grandpa can do it. He's amazing at it. And I remember back in Ukraine when I was just a small kid, I remember watching grandpa fix his Soviet car. Now, it was a Soviet Zaporozhets, and uh, it wasn't a Lada, but it was Soviet made, so it needed fixing all the time. And I remember playing in the, in the playground near grandpa's garage. And I would often run over and just, you know, say hi and kind of be on my way, look at the, look at the engine, pretend I know what I'm talking about. Um, but this time, when I was playing, I saw that he needed help. Even at, at eight years old, I knew he needed something from me. I knew he needed me to pass him something, hold something. I knew he needed my help. I could sense he needed it, but I wanted to play more. So I pretended not to notice. I pretended that I didn't see that he needed my help, and I just kept playing. That evening, I felt so guilty. It was eating me alive. I knew I should have helped, but Grandpa didn't say anything. He didn't bring it up, and the guilt was eating at me. So I reached out to my grandma, and I asked her, Hey, was Grandpa upset? Did he notice that I didn't help him? Did, do you know, did anything happen that day? And of course, she confirmed my fears. Grandpa said he needed my help and noticed that I was avoiding him. I was petrified, filled with guilt. How can I face my grandpa now? I was so overcome with guilt. Now, all of us at some point have experienced guilt. Small, medium, extra large dose of this emotion, but we have all wrestled with guilt at some point. And as we find ourselves in this isolation, now that we have so much time to sit back and reflect or to think, we begin to dwell on our past or what has been undone in our life or um, what part we played in a situation that wasn't resolved or maybe it was resolved poorly. And guilt is often the first emotion that takes charge. Guilt is an emotion connected with recognizing that we have done something wrong. There are many kinds of guilt. Don't misunderstand me. I know there are many kinds of guilt. But the guilt I want us to unpack today is the guilt we feel because we recognize we did something wrong. And how some of us deal with this guilt is by creating stories, don't we? To make sense of our guilt, to excuse it away. You know what I mean by things like this, right? We all kind of do this. Uh, like we say things like, oh, I was so young. I didn't know any better. Or, you know, the thing I did, it didn't really hurt anyone. Or, hey, man, if you knew my family and how messed up we were, you'd understand. We create narrative that helps us make sense of our guilt, often without actually dealing with the wrong we know we did. One thing I've learned is making sense of a problem, making sense of an issue doesn't actually solve it. The stories we create uh, does allow us to distance ourselves from the problem by suppressing it. And the problem is that when we suppress it, we actually empower it because suppressing it sends it to where? To our hearts. Suppressing it sends it to the core of who we are. The actual problem is not resolved so that when we are stirred, when we are shaken, it all comes out and it often comes out ugly. 
because it's been empowered by the story we used to mask it. Guilt takes charge of us when not resolved because guilt tells us we are not worthy. Guilt says, you owe this, you owe them. But what's interesting, interestingly enough, we don't experience guilt as debt, as something we owe. We experience guilt as weight, something that throws us off, something that pulls us down, something that does not allow us to function healthy. We experience guilt as something that throws us off balance. It's off-putting. And because of the unresolved guilt, we parent off balance. We work off balance. We participate in relationships off balance. We feel weighed down by guilt. And man, does it ever come out unbalanced when you are quarantined and have to deal with family, deal with their mess, deal with our mess, deal with our loneliness, with our work or lack of work? Or does it ever weigh you down in social isolation? It prevents you from being able to actually cope. And if we don't resolve guilt, if we don't acknowledge it, if we are not healed from it, guilt grows into something menacing. It grows into anger and leads you to a path of self-destruction. The weight of guilt makes you angry with yourself and who you are at the core. And anger outflows. It reminds you that you have disappointed yourself. It outflows from your heart to others. In fact, because of that, you become disappointed with others. You create conflict with other people because they don't measure up to whatever standard you have set. And once it flows out onto others, it's very, very hard to undo. But here's what I want us to learn or acknowledge today. In the Christian story, we learn that we do not need to be described by our past, nor do we need to spend time denying our past. There is another way. There is another option, an option that Jesus offers us and offers the world. And we're going to look at a text today. Uh, This text is in the Bible. It's in the New Testament, which is the second part of the Bible, which is really where Jesus shows up in the story. Everything before that was pointing to Jesus, and now he shows up. And this is a powerful text because it is written by a man known as Apostle Paul. (laughs) Another Paul. And the reason this is so significant is that Paul carried so much guilt. Apostle Paul stepped into the history as a man who persecuted people He persecuted people who loved Jesus. He witnessed murder in the name of God. And more than just witnessing it, he approved it. He made sure people were arrested. He made sure they were beaten and went to trial for following and loving Jesus. Paul comes to us as a man uh, who not only writes about guilt, he knows guilt so, so deeply. But instead of letting that guilt define him or weigh him down or throw him off balance, or to even deny it and pretend it didn't go away, or use situation to excuse it, he releases it. Here's what he wrote. We find this in the book of Romans, in the letter to the Romans that Paul wrote. He says this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Did you hear this? There is no, there's now no condemnation. 
those who are willing to face the condemning truth about their self and are willing to embrace Jesus's work, his life, Jesus's grace, need no longer be weighed down, be thrown off balance by their past. Paul releases his guilt to Jesus. In this way, your past becomes part of your story, but it's part of your rescue, of your forgiveness and your hope. You were once guilty. You were once angry. You were once in conflict. But because of Christ's work, you can now be free. Stepping into Jesus' promise, his new covenant, uh, you are set free from the law of sin and death. Look, law said, when you do something wrong, you are stuck. You are proved wrong. You are guilty and guilt takes charge. In Christ, you are given freedom from the past because there's something greater than the law. It is the grace of God. You are set free. Now, Paul continues as he writes to the Romans, for what the law was powerless to do because it is weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live anymore according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And you can read this in chapter eight, starting verse three to four. Now it's a confusing paragraph. So here's the clarity to it. Here's what he's saying. He's saying that law, the rules, the commandments, the, the tradition, traditions and oral traditions, all of that stuff that people had before Jesus can only remind you that you are sinful, broken and guilty and weighed down. That's all the law can do. All the law can do is point to your guilt. God did something that the law could not do. God did something greater. God sent his son so that at the cross, Jesus took what you, what I, what we deserve. Jesus took the condemnation, the guilt, all of it, all the things, all of our past on himself. So Paul, whose past is so full of guilt, recognized that the work of God on the cross took all his past and made him new. Our past, our story can be a story of redemption and healing because of what only God could do, just like it was for Paul. Because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we have access to grace, hope, and a completely new humanity. Now, in Christian world, in the church, we often use the word born again. This describes the new humanity. We put away the old self, our old past, full of sin, full of brokenness. A new humanity begins now in Christ to see ourselves as God sees us. And coupled with that, a new you, a new you, a new me that sees others in the way God sees them. In this new humanity, at the center of who we are, we see ourselves as forgiven. So we embrace that freedom and that forgiveness. We begin to live out forgiveness and hope, erasing any conflict we may have, um, putting away anything that guilt is holding us back from. Isn't this an amazing reminder of grace and the free gift that is offered to us? And here's a cool story. Here's a cool thing. The more we are forgiven, the more capacity we have to forgive others the more capacity we have to offer good in this world. 
the more we are given grace, the more we can offer grace to others. The more we recognize we are loved, the more opportunity we have to love other people. In this reality, we are no longer slaves to guilt. In fact, I want to say you are perfectly positioned to forgive and to love others because you recognize how much you have been forgiven and loved when you accept this new humanity. Your willingness to release your guilt allows you to be free and to offer that grace and freedom to others. And that gift, that offer, will change someone's life forever. So back to my eight-year-old self. I went to my grandparents' place, and I told Grandpa how sorry I was. And here's the thing. He did notice that I avoided him. He did need help. I was kind of actually right to feel the guilt. It's not like our past mistakes were okay and that's forgotten. Apostle Paul's mistakes were not okay. But here's the unsurprising part. My grandpa offered me complete grace, complete love. His grace freed my little soul not to be weighed down by guilt. I felt no condemnation because I knew my grandpa loved me. Because I knew he's not petty. He is not small. My grandpa was gracious and kind. And though he needed my help, that moment, that moment was not going to define me. That moment was not going to be what our relationship was going to be about. It was not what it was going to be going forward. How much more is God's love and grace? A God who would humble himself to die so that we could have life. A God who took all our condemnation, all of our guilt, so that we could be free. A God who now says, live out of the core of who you are in this grace, in this truth, in this new humanity, and treat others in love. Love others so that they may have a taste of love and grace. The more you are forgiven in Christ, the more you have an opportunity to be an agent of forgiveness in this world. So today, in this isolation, as different emotions rise up for you, would you reflect and consider the gift that God is offering through Jesus? To no longer be condemned, to no longer be weighed down, to no longer be thrown off balance, to no longer be in conflict, but to be free. Would you remind yourself today, guilt, you are not in charge of me. Would you in prayer say this with me? Would you pray this with me? Thank you, Jesus, for your love and grace. I release my past, my guilt, my shame to you. Help me to live out of your grace. Amen. I'm reminded daily, I'm free because of Christ's love, Christ's grace. Jesus' grace is bigger than any of my guilt. The past will not have a hold on me. I'm free in Christ Jesus. So if you have a hard time forgiving yourself, the good news is Jesus has forgiven you. There is no condemnation in Christ. Guilt, you are not in charge. Would you verbally out loud, wherever you are right now, wherever you are, would you out loud say this with me? Guilt, you are not in charge of me. And look, all of us need help. We can't just say it. And I want you to know here at Circle, we have mentors that want to help you and journey with you. If you would like a mentor, would you take this moment to click in the live chat now 
to maybe type or click on the button and just say and identify yourself and say, I would like to be mentored. Someone will be in touch with you. We would love to partner up with you to help you be released from your past. Or maybe if you need to speak to a pastor about being freed from your guilt or your past, would you connect? And above, we have an electronic connection card. And would you identify? And we would love to speak with you. May you experience the free gift of grace today. See you next week as we continue to unpack our emotions.